Hello everyone, this is Vance from Kopi Vance. That's right, it's Wednesday, 9 p.m. So you know, it's time for coffee, or rather Kopi with Vance. That's right. So today is a very interesting topic again, like I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. The month of uh, November was an amazing, it was a diabetes topics all the way for every Wednesday. And it actually spilled over to the month of December as well, because I thought, this will be a very interesting and we have a special guest who's going to jump in in just a minute. But before me inviting her, um, I thank all the viewers for the messages and the love and the share. So if you're watching this right now, please do share and like and give more support because I think everybody should know how and what is all about diabetes. All right. In the past few weeks, like I mentioned, it's a very interesting topics with different professors and even experts who all came and talked and discussed about this. But today I have Dr. Kalpana Baskaran is the president, Diabetes Singapore, the country's largest national charitable organization working to end diabetes. That's right, you hear me well? In this role, Kalpana's leads with a focus on preventing, caring for people living with and curing diabetes through investments, education, advocacy, and scientific research, promoting the health of people and communities through optimum nutrition has been the central tenet of Kalpana's career. So without any ado, further ado, I let me Dr. Kalpana Baskaran. Hello, doctor. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Doctor, first of all, I got to uh, I got to say thank you so much. I know you just flew in and you just jumped into your chair, just ready for today's copy events. Thank you, doctor. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, no issues because it's uh, it's my pleasure that this opportunity we are able to share about diabetes as you rightly pointed out you know from november 14th which was a world diabetes day now we are going to be december 14th soon still the topic yep. uh, revolving around diabetes has not ended so that again you, brings us to the point that there's a lot to cover and just before i start this i would like to have place a disclaimer um, okay. the views which i'll be sharing in this show are mine because I speak about diabetes, but it just belongs to me. It doesn't belong to any of the organizations I represent. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. But you know, doctor, you know, um, I think diabetes should be discussed throughout the year. I mean, that's what Diabetes Singapore is doing at this moment and being the president of it. I, I know we have got a lot of uh, interesting discussions going to go on for the next 40 minutes. Our viewers are already tuning up. Thank you so much, viewers. If you are seeing this, please do share and like. And if you can, send this link to many of your friends and loved ones because we are going to fight diabetes, right? I think we all talk about COVID-19 as the pandemic and endemic, but I think diabetes has been the pandemic and endemic all the while. But it's just that we are not talking about that. So we have Dr. Kalpana Baskaran here today to talk about it. Doctor, I'm going to just dive into today's topic because, you know, insulin, right? When we talk about insulin, it gives a lot of people a fear, but it is also a part of a manageable a process or thing you know that people administer to themselves by metformin or even by injection but dog 100 years of insulin uh, discovery do you still think we have managed to win the war on diabetes okay so this again is a very tricky question uh, i feel we have made some progress because imagine we did not even have insulin 100 years before and now at least insulin is something which is life-saving or more and for some people with type 1 diabetes, they have to have the insulin jabs 
otherwise that's the only thing which can save them but before insulin came on like came in or was discovered when you look at it people started uh, even administering starvation diets to treat diabetes then came one period they they thought okay there's glucose in urine that is why it is mellitus which means it tastes like honey okay so that's the reason why the term came about so in that case why not we give since they are losing glucose in urine they started giving high carbohydrate diets then they decided oh, that, that doesn't work then came on with low carb diets very high fat zero carb so it has really gone through many many stages of uh, uh, like the, still evolving still we are really understanding the diets and and now yes i have i can see we have really made long strides in winning the war and i'm sure that we can proudly say in the couple of next years yes singapore has won the war against diabetes you know doctor i think it's evolving um even when we look at the stats i think the stats are a bit scary as well but we are not going to go into the exact uh, stats even if you look at our ministers or even our pm are uh, stressing day by day month by month year by year right they are talking about this that is biggest pandemic ever been you know uh, but you know by year 2050 is also a very scary statistics um, stats but you know is there any way um, i mean i know there's a lot of stuff it's a very holistic that we need to get into that but what exactly is happening in our body doc because we know the pancreas is the responsible of you know the endocrine and the exocrine but you know a lot of us do not understand this piece of uh, the condominium or the house or whatever that we live in do you think lack of exposure or lack of awareness about our body that's lead to these kind of diseases do you think that could be the one of the main reasons we, we don't understand our body too well um yes definitely because we we, we know we have only one body so right? we all know that okay and then all the organs are housed there and like when we have a even any gadget we really take care of it very well so if we really don't practice a healthy lifestyle that's when what happens is we are abusing our body and this might lead to a uh, lot of chronic diseases will set in the first thing which might happen if you re- really don't practice a healthy lifestyle is maybe you start gaining weight then this leads to overweight and obesity and that leads to a condition called insulin resistance actually what happens is we do produce this person does produce insulin but this insulin is not working anymore okay or the the cells are resistant to this insulin so that's when uh, without insulin this insulin is something like like your key your house key or your car keys and so on you have a very nice bmw but let's say there is no petrol or you lose your key you cannot get into the car just like that if you don't have insulin this sugars the the glucose which is after you consume food this glucose it just hovering around waiting at the lobby cannot enter the cell so that's what we call it as diabetes and to me yes lifestyle is something which we abuse you get it and also there are other factors like hereditary and so on also increases the risk for diabetes you know doctor you said it very well about the key and the car you know the how the insulin you know um, works in the processes i think um, you know awareness and um, exposure is very very much much more needed and that's why i think uh, diabetes singapore is actually focusing on that as well we will talk more about that as we go on so viewers who are watching this please do share and like and if you do have any questions for doctor please type it in the comments we have the last 10 minutes of segment for doctor to answer that as well doctor uh, 
why do some people do not accept um, that they have diabetes or why don't they uh, come forward? Why did they not want to come forward? Is it could be the fear of knowing that they are having a diabetes and that rest of the life or even doing a simple test like HbA1c also fears uh, some of us. What is this rational behind this? Yeah, but this is very common, this is psychological. Or when they are, when, if let's say when they go for a blood test or screening, if they are diagnosed with diabetes, so immediately they fear, you know, when you think of diabetes, the big D, you can see it's connected to a lot of complications and they're always in constant denial. It's not for me. No, I'm not diabetic. So they don't even want to check whether they are, uh, their sugar levels are normal. So they try to postpone and postpone until one day. Then they have symptoms like uh, uh, maybe increased urination, urination in the night, and uh, also the appetite increases. But at the same time, they are losing weight. Um, there will be frequent urinary tract infections and so on. Then that's when uh, they will be they'll be going for health check and they know that, okay, yes, they have got diabetes. See, first thing is that the fear should not be there. And then they have to have the positive mindset to accept, yes, I will be able to manage it. It is a manageable disease. Yes, it's a disease, but definitely, and it's a lifestyle disease, and it, it is manageable. You know, Doc, um, I have uh, visited Diabetes Singapore, and I feel very warm, and it, it's a very nice setting with, you know, the launch areas and, you know, the way it, it is set up. It is basically set up for a, a, a purpose because you don't want to put it as, you know, very stressful environment. Uh, even yes. anybody who wants to walk in there, is there a behind a reason for that? Yeah. So when you uh, look at our founder, Dr. Frederick Tan, and he started diabetes, imagine 50, 50 years before, uh, he's visionary. Okay. So those days, maybe the prevalence of diabetes was is not as high as now, but he had the vision to start. And uh, we started with uh, with our center, which is one is at uh, Jurong West, and we have one more center at Boon King. In addition, we also have two mobile buses, which go island-wide. Okay, and uh, these, uh, in, with mobile buses, what we do is we work with GPs, uh, or we call it the primary care network, and we really go down to the heartlands to serve people with diabetes. And when you look at our centers, you're right, it doesn't even look like, even not even like a polyclinic or a hospital clinic, not even a GP's clinic. Yeah. It just looks like you're visiting your friend's place. Okay, yes. only thing is maybe you don't get a coffee. Maybe I should come out with a vending machine to serve yeah. some fresh coffee. Yeah, so you just walk in and we have a very friendly nurses and our staff who welcome you and you can book an appointment, no need to wait. And then um, you, you also no need to be scared, you know, okay, COVID times, will I get it from the next person who's sitting to me? Nothing. And we did not even close down during COVID. It was open. And what we do is, uh, we do DRP, which is diabetes retinopathy testing. Okay, let's say when you want to go into any other uh, clinic, it may take, with the old methods and so on, it may take one hour to get your results. And someone has to read your results to, to, to explain to you. But when you come to diabetes center or even to just hop onto a bus, you can get your diabetes, uh, your eye screening done within three minutes. Just three minutes, okay? Just like Maggie noodles. Maggie, two minutes, three minutes. That's three it. Minutes, yeah. Then we also can get your foot screening done because this is something we always strongly encourage because diabetes affects every organ of your body. It also affects your nerves. And so people with diabetes may not have in, uh, like enough sensation. So if there is a wound and all that, you bet, 
like if they go to the uh, to our, come to our center, um, you, we, our nurses can do the food screening, and on on top of that, we have counseling. And our nurses are so like motherly, you know. They also counsel about how do you take care if let's say you're administering insulin, what is the best method, and how do you do it safely? Even testing your sugar levels, maybe uh, alcohol, how to use your alcohol. So a lot of tips they give because they are very experienced. So they give all these tips. In addition to that, okay, one more thing we also have is we have the diabetic support group. So diabetic support group is made of all members who are diabetic. So they also share about their experiences. To me, this is the best learning ground because you really hear from the patients their experience. Otherwise, even let's say I'm not a medical doctor. So I, I think some of you are watching, you think I'm not. So some of the, like even the doctor, even myself, if I tell the patient, you know, oh, you eat this, your sugar level is going to come down. But I'm not a diabetic. Imagine a per person with diabetes shares about the information. They are living. So to me, that is something very, very valuable. So that is the reason why we feel, please join our association, try to make benefits as well as we have to pay it forward. How do we give it back to the community? educate others who are not diabetic so that we can completely eradicate diabetes. You know, Doctor, and another, uh, another point of area that we are actually looking at, you as mentioned it very well, um, often, you know, urination, uh, excessive weight loss, yes. uh, maybe a little bit of mood swings and so and so forth. But, you know, for someone um, who have not read the body's instruction manual because they do not know what's what's happening inside rather than what's happening outside you know um anybody who wants to look good the first thing that comes to the mind is hey i want to lose 5 kg or 10 kg to look good but i think it's very important to look inwards first i think your health also matters very much important uh, area that we need to look at but what is another interesting area that we want to talk about is also about you know our topic is about uterine diabetes what are your thoughts and does it mean that we can reverse diabetes Okay, this is why when we discussed about the title, right? This U-turn diabetes is something very close to my heart. Okay, the U is U. Okay, it is very personalized. And okay, there are three, there are many things we can like uh, make uh, meaning out of this term U-turn diabetes. One is, let's say, first is, if you are not a diabetic, make sure you don't even go towards this. If you take a U-turn, you better follow the healthy path. So in order to take that U-turn, you need to pick up your healthy lifestyle, which includes exercise and healthy diet. That's very important. And also maybe you know, good sleep, less stress, and so on. That's one U-turn. The other U-turn is, let's say you're pre-diabetic. So pre-diabetic is you're not at full-flown full diabetic. You, do not, you're not, you have not started on your medic, diabetic medication, but you're there. Okay, you're pre-diabetic. So the doctor wants you. Then you take a U-turn, pre-diabetes is reversible. So you try to modify, and I have seen so many patients, and they are fine, okay? They have had pre-diabetes, now 10 years down the road, they are still okay, their values are much, much better. That's another U-turn. Then one more is, let's say if you're gestational diabetic. This is nothing but which happens in pregnancy. In pregnancy, due to hormonal changes, uh, people may become diabetic. But this will be, if you're during pregnancy, you follow a proper diet and, and everything, what happens is uh, you also make sure the newborn uh, is not uh, uh, obese or overweight when the child is born. Because usually when a mother is uh, 
gestational diabetes, this increases or produces a macrosomic baby. So that can be also avoided if you follow a, a healthy diet during pregnancy. So another U-turn and the, the mother also eats a healthy diet, takes all the precautions. Maybe she will not turn into a full-blown diabetes after she delivers another U-turn. And one more is, okay, you're already diabetic. Okay, do I have a U-turn? Yes. Okay, how do you have this U-turn? Is This is the most important U-turn is I will prevent all the complications. Okay, I will be preventing the complications. I'll be able to manage the disease. I have patients in my diabetic support group and they are 30 years diabetic without any major complications because they know how to take care of themselves. So this is how you can definitely U-turn. And there are also patients who have U-turned their diabetes. I can tell they are under remission. Means they were on insulin. They were taking uh, like maybe 1,000, 2,000 milligrams of metformin. Now they have taken off all their drugs. They're just following only with diet. And that's also a U-turn. But that's remission. Maybe if they go back to their old ways, they will get diabetes again. It's possible. Yes, yeah. From, from what you are saying that, you know, I, I, I try to understand or even our viewers as well. So there's two aspects of areas, right? Uh, one is prevention and another one is managing. So both yes. are able to, you know, at, at, at this 2021 and going to 2022 year, that it is both are manageable right now. But but there still seems to be a little fear when it comes to diabetes. Oh, well, I have these kind of presentations like, you know, going into often urination or even if excessive weight loss and sometimes... They, the people tend to get a little fear on that. And I think mainly uh, Diabetes Singapore itself role. Uh, what is the role of diabetes in, in, in your association? Doc? What does the support of people with diabetes? So what, uh, as you rightly pointed out, we are the, uh, Singapore's biggest uh, uh, organization for diabetes. Uh, we are also with the IPC status. So uh, that's why we are funded and all of our services uh, definitely you cannot match anyone who can offer services at this rate. Very affordable. So one thing is, okay, if a person is diabetic, yes, of course, I, I feel they should have that, not that fear, but the consciousness. Yes, I am diabetic, the acceptance. And what do I do to prevent complications? So how do we come in to support this is, definitely we always encourage them to do screening. Screen for life. Okay, that's also supported by HPV. Right? You have to screen. And this is not just diabetic. I think all of us should go for screening to make sure that we are okay. Uh, see, for, for example, let's say we screen our bank accounts all the time. We see what yeah, money goes in, comes out. But do we screen ourselves? Do you really screen what we put in and especially what we do? So that's very important. That's we encourage them. We give talks. So a lot of free talks for our members. And these, uh, one more thing is these talks also um, give us, uh, give our members uh, ideas about what are the latest in the field, what can be done. These talks are not just only about diet and, and lifestyle. We also talk about other areas as well. Something interesting. So because to me, a patient with diabetes is a human being. We cannot be always talking only about the disease. So we also talk about other things as well. So that's, so we bring them together. That's one. And we also do community, uh, we go down to the community, we do screening at the community. And our diabetic support group also organizes walks, okay, during the park connectors and all that. Very actively, they organize walks. And But now, because of this pandemic, 
we are not doing, but it will kickstart soon. So like that, we are always a varied events. We also do fundraising since we are charity. We do fundraising. And what else we did was uh, uh, some of us are the task force. You know, uh, my board has uh, four leading endocrinologists and including our executive director, most of us, uh, including our patients, our members, we sit on the national uh, work groups under the NDRM framework. So due, due to this, we also have launched our, uh, you know, uh, we came up with a diabetic plate, healthy eating plate, which is slightly different from my healthy plate. We encourage people to eat two servings of vegetables every meal. So the fruit is outside the plate. Okay, this is something uh, we encourage because vegetables have fiber, antioxidants, and they have uh, less carbs, and these carbs are slow release. So we have launched this plate, and this plate is also available at giving.sg. And those who want to support our charity, I think it is a very nice way of giving. You can buy this as a gift for Christmas, New Year. You can also do that, yes. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, again, we, we also still be in the same topic, um, coming back again and, you know, obesity. Um, nowadays, we don't move as much. Uh, we got the elevators, the escalators, the buses, we drive. Um, the interesting thing is even if you go to the shopping centers in Singapore, or I mean, in most other places, uh, the, the place where there's uh, elevators are the places where all the parking lots are taken off. Because yes. a lot of people want to park there. I mean, of course, there are people with challenges, you know, put stuff and families. But, you know, we, we tend to walk lesser, but we tend to eat more. Uh, we are not trying to. The body is made to move, but unfortunately, we are not doing that. So the next possibility is obesity. Will be obesity lead to diabetes? Yes, definitely. Ob obesity is one of the major risk factors for diabetes. So what happens is, if a child is... Uh, actually, the obesity actually starts in the mother's womb, epigenetics. But let's say during the growing years, uh, the type of foods uh, which are given to the child and a lack of physical activity leads to overweight, then becomes obesity. So as when a person becomes obese, you can see the adipocytes, which are nothing but the fat cells, enlarge. They also produce certain hormones. Actually, obese cells or adipocytes produce the hormone leptin, adiponectin. These are all appetite hormones. So once, because of this obesity, actually, even this hormonal function is disrupted. And so their hunger cues are compromised. So you may tell, uh, we always think, you know, okay, obese person, that's because they are eating more. It need not be. It is because of this hormonal changes, they may not be even able to identify hunger cues. And so even though they eat, they don't feel that they are satisfied. Their hunger may be satisfied, but their appetite is not satisfied. So this leads to, uh, of course, insulin resistance, because that's the reason. And also obesity is a state of inflammation. And with, uh, when your obese cells increase, your, your CRP increases, and all these things again, lead to pre-diabetes and diabetes, and even before that, metabolic syndrome. So they all don't happen overnight. It takes years, slowly, it's like creeping, okay? So you have no idea, one fine day, suddenly you see your HbA1c. That is why we say screen, screen, yeah. But isn't it, dog, I see the, the biggest challenge, I think we Singaporeans have it right now, uh, even globally, uh, the favorite foods. I mean, we enjoy foods, uh, there's, Lots of high grams of sugar in all kinds of drinks that we can talk about. We're not going to mention the names. But then again, if you look at it, all the local foods on a different cultures, right? The Indian, the Chinese and the Malays. So 
I think it, it has to do with discipline, right? But if someone who's not been taking care in the age of 20s and 30s um, and, and going awire on the food and the drinks, which contains 30 grams of sugar, 40 grams of sugar, uh, is it a path that it is leading to diabetes eventually? So definitely you rightly point out the juice. So first thing I tell is if you want to prevent diabetes, go back, look at your refrigerator, don't buy juice. Strictly no juices, not even for babies. Okay, first thing, you have to eat the whole fruit. Uh, the reason is when you take a fruit, like say for example, an apple. Okay, an apple again, the size matters. Try to go for, uh, you know, I have to mention the name, which is the Royal Gala, which is around 100 to 130 grams. You can try any time. It will never go beyond 130 grams. So this size of apple gives around 15 grams carbs. So if you take this 15 grams of ap this uh, apple, sorry, that 100 grams of apple, which has 15 grams of carbs, you try to put on an Abbott Libre, which can check your sugar levels, or you just use a glucometer, you will not see a sugar spike because just 15 gram carb, you don't see a major spike. Let's say you want to drink a cup of apple juice. Guess how many carbs are there? 15 grams is one apple. In an apple juice, it is 46, around there 40, 46 grams. Just pure apple juice, you need not even, because in order to squeeze that one cup of juice, I may use two to three apples. This is pure juice. But if let's say I go and buy a juice drink, it means it has got added sugar. So once you drink this, being a beverage, a liquid, you don't even chew, right? So the vagus nerve is not activated. So you don't feel hungry. That's first thing. And then as soon as it goes in, it, within seconds, it goes into your stomach. Then it goes to your intestine because it's liquid. Then it's absorbed. You see a spike. Okay. And this spike is what also creates insulin spike. And when insulin spike happens, you store fat. Excess sugar is converted to fat and that leads to visceral obesity, insulin. So it's like a vicious cycle. So there's a reason. First thing is go for whole foods. Try to uh, like cut down ultra processed foods, especially carbs. Okay. Uh, one thing you mentioned about foods, Asian foods, mostly carb based. So it is carbicide. Okay. Like suicide is carbicide. So anytime you think of carbs, you have to think, okay, let me cut down. That's the first thing I will say. You have to cut down carbs. I will not even use the term low carb, no carb, but go for, cut down your carbs, go for slow release or low glycemic index carbs. You will be able to reverse diabetes. You know, Doc, um, we, 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 are, we are hearing so much of these grams of sugar that per day, you know, someone should take, you know, depending on their height and the weight. But you know, in a general um, advice or, you know, the intake of a person, how many grams of sugar should a person take? Is it depends on their activities or whether is it depends on their height or weight? Is there a, a certain guideline where people okay. can follow? Yes. If you ask me personally, uh, if you think of sugar like table sugar, I will suggest that don't take any. Okay. Unless the reasons don't have added sugar. So in the morning you're taking coffee. If you can drink without adding sugar, go for it or cut down the sugar. Okay, so that's one. But if you take cakes and all that, you still have sugar. They are also added to their hidden sugars. As per WHO, World Health Organization recommendation, your sugar intake should not exceed 10% of your total calories. That accounts for 
not more than 50 grams of sugar, which is equivalent to maybe not more than five to nine teaspoons of sugar per day. But imagine I told you your, your apple juice, I take one, I get 45 grams of carbs than your sugar. So we actually take more than required. We are all taking double dose, triple dose of sugar. For best is as much as possible, try to avoid sugar contents, food or even beverages, beverages if possible, right? Yeah, restrict, restrict. Maybe we restrict. don't use avoid because food is for eating. So, but restrict food. But I also feel, you know, I tell families, why don't you start sugar-free Sundays or sugarless Sundays? So eat with the family, try to cut down. So this becomes your, at least weekly once, you know, you go for something like that. So deliberately you're cutting down your, uh, like these are empty calories because they have nothing but just carbs. But you know, doctor, I mean, we, you know, especially kids, even adults, you know, you know, especially when you're driving or, you know, you want to snack something, you know, there's a lot of chocolates and, you know, sometimes people do eat based on stress. Um, yes. Sometimes your body is just asking for water, but, you know, because you never hydrate yourself for the entire day and possibility you're not listening to your body so much, but then you walked in and you buy a couple of drinks and the chocolates or snacks and you will look, look at it at the end of the day you probably had taken more than 50 grams of sugar. So you're actually abusing the system when um, your pancreas is constantly working. So I'd like to example for this. It's like our body is like a factory. It's non-stop processing the food, yes. that whatever junks or whatever you're putting in. So I think the guys are poor, isn't it, Doc? I think they are constantly working non-stop. I, I think, um, see, one more thing people think is, uh, okay, if a donut is uh, like, it contains maybe 30 grams of sugar. Uh, in that case, 30 grams of carbs, I should say. So they may say, oh, you need to run on a treadmill so you can burn the calories. So actually, I don't really 100% uh, agree with that because a calorie is not a calorie. Uh, the reason is you have to also have to look into the quality of what you're consuming. Just you rightly pointed out, I just may eat a chocolate and so on. But let's say if you eat 100 grams, uh, 100 calories from a chocolate, you're eating 100 calories maybe from a fruit or a bowl of salad, a vegetable salad. So these two calories are completely different. They are not the same. Even the calorie-wise, they are the same. But the nutrients inside, the chocolate will just have only carbs, which is sugar. Then it has fats. And maybe, of course, if it's good brand of chocolate, it may have some antioxidants. Dark chocolate does have antioxidants. But when you look at a bowl of vegetable salad, it depends on the type of vegetables. All the colorful vegetables have a lot of antioxidants. And these antioxidants are actually uh, protective. That's why it's antioxidants. They knock out all the free radicals. They prevent, uh, like, even they are like anti-aging. So that's the reason they give the fiber both soluble and insoluble fiber. And all these colored pigments are cancer uh, preventive as well. That is the reason why anything you choose, like when you go and buy your shoe or even let's say you want to buy your favorite t-shirt or maybe ladies you want to buy your diamonds, you look for quality. So, but in the case of food, why are we not giving importance to quality? So every time you choose, you think of quality quantity both are equally important portion control and then yes we love to eat certain foods you can eat them but frequency don't eat them every day 
maybe some of the days, okay, this is, I, I may try to taste something. So this is how it should be. Um, coming back again to the food, um, again, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very big variety of things that we can talk on. But, you know, someone who was working on a very stressed deadline, um, his heart rate is above 140, you know, beats per minute, and he's just like, you know, in his computer. And, and the clock strikes at 12, and he goes for lunch. And then um, he has two options, right? Two is his favorite food. One is a Yong Tao Fu, and another one is the famous Mi Goreng. <laughs> okay, so this is the challenge. But based on his craving, based on his stress, I think he's avoiding the Yong Tao Fu and he wants an instant calories, an instant satisfying meal. So do you think, Doc, it is something to do with mental condition, a discipline, a habit, a character, an attitude to make the decision, say, nope, I'm not going for that, but I'm going for this. Do you think that is also something to do with psychological decision making? Yes, definitely. That is, uh, that's what we use, cognitive behavioral therapy. When we uh, like talk about diet to be, because we cannot be using do not eat, do not so we try to avoid all the negative words. In fact, uh, we also don't even weigh the person. Okay, we always believe in health at every size. So it's not just the BMI. And when it comes to craving again, uh, you think of mindful eating. Okay, so when, once you're mindful, okay, you know what it is. But then it's again um, also habit. You know, there are many things coming. It's not just one thing. You know, I told you know, cognitive behavioral therapy involves many things. Okay, your mindfulness, as well as you have to break your habit and then you have to sustain this. Okay, you see so many things. So when you want to break a habit, minimum is 24 days to 28 days, you need to practice, practice, practice. Then it becomes a part of you. That is not in everything, certain things. That is the reason why even the portion control, it's very hard for you to suddenly you're eating one bowl of noodle. Uh, when a patient comes to me and I cannot tell him, no, can you cut down to half a bowl? It's practically difficult for the person. So the way we do is we try to replace that with something else so that we avoid that void. That's one thing. And also we try to like cut down slowly, but there should be someone coaching it. See, always when people have someone helping them, a, di a dietitian or even a health coach talking to them, uh, they know that, okay, there is someone with me. I'm not all alone. And always we advise that, please bring a family member along. So that family support is also very, very important, not just for diabetes, for anything, you know, for you to follow. It, it's something to look up to. Uh, that is the reason why when you join diabetic support group, you have members who are your buddies. Then they will understand your problems. So it's it's then you you, you can work it out. You know, Doc, I mean, like we said, CBT, right? Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. I think it's it's so much more important, especially when it comes to stress eating or even for the fact of favorite food. Um, I mean, I do notice that. I mean, when we go for lunches and dinners, you know, you, when you observe, um, I mean, not as a judgmental, but when you observe, they tend to have a sugary drink or after having a meal, yes. um, the dessert comes in, right? And that's where... Uh, you're adding in too much. If that person is already having a big carbo meal and with lots of stuff in it, right? And then the last part, having a, a high sugar drink, we don't want to mention the names, whatever brands can be, and then followed by a dessert. 
uh, what is the grams of sugar one has abuse in the body, dog? I mean, what are we looking at? What is the numbers? An estimation number. Cup meal, of uh, a high sugar drink, and a dessert. Yes. What do you think I, that I, a person I, is I, Maybe I'll, I'll give you a... Uh, okay, you go for, let's say, look at nasi biryani. Okay. okay this person right. goes for nasi, nasi biryani. One plate of nasi biryani, okay, guess how many carbs it has. It, it has closer to, okay, on a small bowl has... Uh, just three dessert spoons of rice has around like 15 gram carbs. So this is a big plate. So this may have closer to 60 grams of carbs. Okay, just the biryani. Okay, of course, chicken doesn't have anything. It's uh, all your meat and meat products. They have zero carbs. So this person is just eating the biryani, let's say. And after that, let's say you're eating with a little bit of yogurt, raita with yogurt. Yogurt also has carbs. Okay. So maybe that is around 15, so 75 grams of carbs. Okay, you're tempted, definitely that's your appetite. Your hunger is satisfied after a few mouthfuls. But the appetite, which is your desserts. So you go and eat a nice cake. Let's say you want to eat a strawberry shortcake. So one cake may have up to around 50 to 60 grams, a big slice. You know, usually when you go and buy the big slice, not the small piece. So you your sugar. Your carb level for that meal will cross 100 grams. So your insulin, your sugar spike will just hang in there for a few hours. So that is why this is how most of the meals, our meals are very high in carbs. Even you mentioned mee goreng, right? So when you take a plate of, plate of mee goreng, it's made with yellow noodles. Yellow noodles is even more sinful. Why? Because it's made with soda bicarb sodium bicarbonate. That's why it's alkaline. So yeah. anything which is alkaline will break down carbs faster. So that's why it sugar spikes. So the, and also the combination, when you combine foods with certain foods, the way you eat, you can try to uh, blunt your sugar release. Actually, it's so much of science to it. The uh, It's art and science of eating. So when you understand it, definitely you can... Uh, have a diabetes remission. And that is a time where they go into hyperglycemia and then yes. feel sleepy, uh, don't feel like moving, feel like That's sleeping, you know. So, yeah, it's a food coma, right? Yes. Uh, when then, when someone doesn't eat anything, then they fall into hypoglycemia. So, that's always the extreme parts of both areas that we are looking at. Um, well said, Doc. I mean, on the carbs and diabetes as well. Um, in terms of um, diabetes Singapore, um, is there, I mean, you know, one of, one of the biggest charitable organizations in Singapore supporting people with, you know, uh, tests and so and so forth. But can people buy any merchandise from your centers? I mean, do you have any yes. um, things um, like shirts or whatever to support it, to support yeah. diabetes See, Singapore? First is they, they, they should join as a member and it's only $30. Just $30 for a yearly membership. So imagine $30, it's, uh, I can call this just one cent per day. So the whole, yeah. and we also give a glucometer when you sign up as a member. So that's one. And we have all the other privileges like mer merchandise. You can buy your alcohol swaps, buy your lancets. And those who are using, uh, using insulin, they can buy the insulin pens, food creams. So we have so many range. And in fact, we are also planning to launch something like uh, uh, like an online platform uh, we are looking into it we are revamping our website so people also can buy uh, things online 
Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for that information as well. Um, we are coming to the, the last part of the, the question itself. Um, you know, it, it's such a fruitful uh, session talking about diabetes, the prevention and the managing it. I mean, if any, any category that any somebody fall into. Um, but I think the biggest question that everyone has it in their mind once they have it is about managing and also worries them about other complications that you mentioned about, right? Uh, the wound doesn't get healed fast and, you know, causes of a lot of other stuff, kidneys and failures and so and so on. So many things, but we're not going to scare them, but this is the, all the fact. But will there be any chances can I get rid of my diabetes? I mean, will it ever go away in the next 30 years or the next 50 years of science? Because we talked about 100 years of insulin. What will happen or what do you think, Doc, is going to happen in the next 40, 50 years? Probably we won't be around. So what do you think that will be? Okay, you cannot tell it will go away. Diabetes okay. still will be there I mean the, with healthy lifestyle. And because now you know the disease better. So it is not like COVID, you know, still we are understanding it. Whereas diabetes has been understood very, very well in different areas. When you come up with pharmacotherapy, diet therapy, even behavioral therapy, we have looked into all possible areas. But still, I feel there is a little bit of gap there. You know, we are not able to find that fix the puzzle. And that puzzle is uh, because people are still feeling burnt out. Okay, I have this disease. Will it definitely go away? So I cannot tell you, cannot, you cannot completely do not go away. There is a remission, but still with healthy, I will feel first is with your healthy diet and lifestyle, you can prevent it. So if you prevent it, then no need to talk about it goes away, right? If you prevent it, you don't have it at all. So that happens when, when you talk about even nutrigenomics. So from when the child is going the mother's womb, you know, the right type of foods given, your environmental factors, everything is well controlled, then you are able to manipulate your genes, that's your nutrigenomics. And also eating based on your genes. Because we have gene kits where you can test and check, okay, this is the ideal diet for me. So there are many, many medical advances. So with all those things, I definitely feel we can prevent diabetes. So this um, alarming numbers will definitely come down. Thank you, doctor, for that. Um, we have a question right now. Let me just pull it over. Um, it's from uh, it's from Ashwini. Let me just try to put it over across. Uh, doctor Kalpana, can mm -hmm. I take protein shake? I mean, she doesn't mention anything about sugar or whatever but she just purely put it as uh can i take protein shake so uh, okay. yeah okay if uh, this this is a very good question is it talking about um, uh, I, i'm not sure whether uh, ashwin are you uh, uh, like a person with diabetes that's first question then why are, are you like taking protein shake because you want to do uh, your working out and so on so one thing is, yes, you can take a protein shake, but when are you taking it? Is it your pre-workout? You're taking it, then you're going to do a workout. That's fine. But again, if you are, if you are having diabetes or pre-diabetes, make sure that the, the protein shake also is uh, your kidneys are functioning well. Okay, main thing is if uh, there is any problem with the functioning of uh, the kidneys, then or if the person has microalbuminuria, you have to be watchful. You cannot be taking protein shakes. You need to consult a dietitian to see whether is it definitely necessary for you to take. 
Right, Doctor. So I think um, I just got another message from um, Ashwin. Yes, uh, pre-diabetics. Okay. So, so I think that's one of the reasons why. Just yeah. Check, yeah, pre-diabetes, but just check your kidney function. And then if you everything is okay, you can take. And again, the quantity of uh, protein shake taken also should be, because excess protein also is converted to fat. So you should not forget that. Okay, thank you, Ashwin, for that uh, particular question. We have one more to go. Uh, I mean, viewers, if you have any questions for Dr. Kalpana Baskaran, you can type in because we have another 10 more minutes uh, because I know she had a very long day because I know she just flew in like a Wonder Woman and sat on a chair. I mean, that's backstage. I should have been revealing out. But I, I really very grateful for your time, Doc. I mean, you just flew in and just sit down. I'm not sure you have your drinks or a little, you know, your dinner. I'm not sure, but thank you so much. But one more question for Dr. Kalpana by Audrey. Is sugar a drug? Okay, this is again a very interesting question. Okay, when you talk about drug, I think you are referring to the drug, not the medical pharma drug. So maybe is it addic addictive? Okay, when you ask sugar a drug, then I say yes means is it addictive? It is and addictive because once you're this is nothing but your taste right so once you're used to it of course you will crave for more uh, then that's when you come to how do you tame your taste buds not to crave for more so that is again a science sensory science um, it's just a matter of habit again uh, as some of them you know when they love sugar or they like the sugary taste this again is genetic okay some of us, the way we are born, our genes, we crave for sugary things. We crave for salty things. You have to only just tame it over. Otherwise, yes, you will be addicted to it. You will eat more. That is the reason why uh, I always tell anyone, you know, try not even to go for artificial sweeteners. Because you're still eating yep. something sweet, right? So preferably cut down that and try to eat everything natural. Enjoy it in its natural form. Uh, okay, that is how food should be uh, eaten. Thank you, doctor. And thank you, Audrey, for that question. So definitely, it can be addicted if you let it be. Uh, better not go into that. We have um, Zuhaya Baka. There is a low-carb or zero-carbs protein shake under High Cipro brand. Um, so she said, yeah. So your take, doctor, on this? Yeah, there is. There are low carb. It's it's fine. Protein shakes can be made low carb. It is the easiest thing to do because when protein shakes are made from whey protein, so there is two types of whey protein. One is whey protein isolate, and the other one is whey protein concentrate. Whey protein concentrates have uh, like hardly any uh, carbs, so they make up. So it's fine. But again, I will suggest that when you take these protein shakes, your even one scoop. Okay, of certain brands, they have around more than 20 grams of protein. So if you take a couple of scoops, you are actually dosing yourselves with uh, such high amount of amino acid at one go because your body again, you know, amino acid transporters, they also compete for it to enter the cell. So again, anything I, I tell you is too much is not good. You also have to balance out if let's say, for example, um, when you plan your meal, if you are a 50 kilogram person, or let's say if you are 70 kilogram uh, male, and you also take care of your age, if you are 70 kilogram, and if you are over 60 or over 50 years, then how much protein should you take? Will be 70 times 1.2. Okay, 
or roughly we put it at least minimum is one gram protein per kilo, kilogram body weight, which is 70 grams. So then this 70 grams, you have to divide it throughout the day because your muscle building happens throughout the day. So you spread it across, then you're fine. Whether you can take zero carb, you can take protein shake with carbs, it's fine. But spread it across, don't have it as a big dose. Thank you, Doc. And thank you for the question, uh, Zuai Baka. We have the last one, a question from Jason. Let me just pull it over. Uh, Jason has asked, after my workout session, 5 kilometer, can I drink a sports drink which has 17 grams of sugar? So basically, okay, after a workout grams, session. Yeah, 17 grams is ideal. It just is one exchange, uh, one choice of carbohydrate. So should be okay. But again, um, I preferably, if you ask me, yes, sports drink, or even uh, if you feel if you're okay. See, for example, this again depends on what is your pre, um, like before you started your, uh, your walk or run, uh, uh, what are your glycogen stores? If your glycogen stores are full after your five kilometer walk, I don't think nothing is going to happen, right? So it's fine. But still, if you feel okay, I want, I feel tired and so on. You can go up and it's just 17 grams should be okay. All right. Thank you, Jason. And thank you, Doc. Um, Doc, we have come to the last segment or rather the last part of Kopi with Vance. Um, it has definitely been a very fruitful to have you in Kopi with Vance from the Diabetes of Singapore as a president, um, sharing your in-depth knowledge of your expertise on managing and prevention of diabetes in Singapore. And it's been at scary stats as well in Singapore. And with your association helping out and reaching out to many people, uh, more people should be aware and get this awareness and be a part of Diabetes Singapore to, to be ending together and at the same time to make a change. Because as we look at the stats, uh, we are making people exercise, we are making people to eat properly. That you know, There's a lot of huge things that's going on in, in terms of a very big holistic area it's not just about diet it is about exercise it's about discipline as we talked about it attitude character and so and so forth so thank you doctor for spending 56 minutes of your precious time with us but i'm sure this is not just going to be the end because we are going to have a webinar series with diabetes singapore on a very constant uh, basis which is going to have it on a regular basis so there's a lot of talk sessions going to happen and it's a great collaboration with diabetes singapore and thank you, Dr. Kalpana Baskar. Before we take a leave, any advice for viewers for them? Okay, the only advice is be positive. Definitely, why we, I came up with the title, You Turn Diabetes, it's, it's in your hands, it's in our hands um, to actually prevent diabetes, to manage diabetes, and always look at the positive and join us. Join us, we, are all, we can work together towards it. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. We will stay connected and um, it's been a great pleasure having you in Kopi with Vets. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Bye -bye. Have a pleasant day. Bye-bye. All right, so that's uh, Dr. Kalpana Baskaran from the Diabetes Singapore. She's the president and it's been a great uh, hour. Definitely, I have learned something. I'm sure you have learned something as well and with lots of information. It's been a very fruitful the month of November and December as well uh, because we have concluded uh, the last session of uh, diabetes talk that we have come and moving forward 
in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a lot more other interesting topics that um, experts and professors and doctors are coming on board to share their expertise. I'm sure you have loved the session at Copy Events. If there's any feedback, you can always send me a message or a command, and then we try and see what we can do. So in the meantime, take care, and I will catch you very soon in our next Copy Events, which is Wednesday. 9 p.m. Till then, this is Vance. Well, sorry, that's copy with Vance. Can you see him? No. Okay. That's oh, okay. That's right. All right. Catch you. See ya. Bye bye.